Guess what? No. I uh, maybe I do it. No, I can't do it without the mic. Let me see. Though. The blue trip is not next for my hair. We met. Maybe I would. Can you hear my radio? Yeah. Because my hair's only okay. And then Marlo? No, listen to me. Yes. Now Randy's saying she missed the link, right? I thought you were referring to the internet. Call Randy. Detective. Detective, call the text please. I won't do this. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I see. Yes. Okay. Right before I told her to call you.
Test. Test. Testing. All righty. Okay. Good evening. Marlo, are you there? Evening. No, Marlo, I'm, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Please mute. Jim, are you there? Yeah. Okay, Jim, that's good. Randy, yes. can you hear me? Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Got to turn up. Oh, can you hear me? 
Very little. You got to turn up the speaker. Okay. You, Somehow. I mean, my mic's unmuted. Do you hear me? Yeah, Jim, you can mute. How is that? Can you hear me better? A little better. Okay, I'm on my phone. Yeah, this is what we have to go with. This is good. Is it good? Yeah, this is good. We can hear you. Okay. You just got to speak up a little bit when you talk. Okay. All right. All right. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. All righty. Good evening, and welcome to another version of Cliff Burton Friends, featuring the very best in women's athletics and HBCU sports. And so tonight, I'm going to let my co-host. Say hello to you. Marlo, say hello to everybody. Good evening, everyone. Welcome. All righty. And Jim, 
Say hello to everybody. Oh, Cliff. Hello. Hello. All yeah. right, Jim. Yes, we heard you. Here we go. And we'll introduce our special, special guest a little later on in about 28 minutes. But let's start out. We want to continue our woman of the month, Miss Wilma Rudolph. We talked about her life early on, and let's talk about her as an activist. In 1960, when she won a gold medal at the Olympics in Rome, upon returning to the United States, Wilma Rudolph refused to attend a homecoming parade if it was not integrated. Later on, she won the Associated Press Female Athlete of the Year Award in 1961. The following year, Rudolph retired from track and field, and she went on to finish her degree at Tennessee State University and began working in education. She continued her involvement in sports, working at several community centers throughout the United States. She was inducted into U.S. Olympics Hall of Fame and started an organization to help amateur track and field stars in 1990. Rudolph became the first woman to receive the National Collegiate Association Silver Anniversary Award. The indoor track and dormitory at Tennessee State University are named in honor of Rudolph in 1977, her life was the subject of a prime time television movie. Rudolph died of a brain tumor on November 12, 1994. Our Women of the Month, none other than Wilma Rudolph. Marlo, let's give us a comment on Wilma Rudolph again. We only have this and one more week to go. I know. The legend. So our Wilma Rudolph, the Tiger Bell. She actually, um, and actually in 2004, the United States Postal Service also honored her um, by fe featuring her likeness on the 23 cent stamp at that time. Um, she, growing up, she was actually treated at probably during that time, one of three of the historically black medical colleges, Meharry yeah. Medical College, also um, in Nashville, Tennessee. So that definitely helped um, to save her life and her legs um, so she can become the legend that we know her to be. Jim? Yes. Wilma Rudolph, comments? You know, she was a great American hero. You know, at the time where we needed one. What she did in Rome in 1960 was just unprecedented. Yes, it was. We, we've been, you wouldn't believe the comments I received from marketing her out as our Women of the Month. But we have some more history on track and field tonight that's going to surprise you a little bit. Let's talk some more. This is Women's Month. Let's talk about the accomplishments. Miss Sierra Brooks, Michigan, gymnast. We talked about her a few weeks ago. She's a finalist for the AAI Award. This award goes to the top gymnast in the nation. 
We hope that she wins it because she definitely deserves it. We're very proud. Miss Sierra Brooks. Let's keep moving. Now, here's one that she's our woman of the month for April. But I want to introduce her tonight. Her name is Miss Alice Coachman. Look her up. She comes from Albany, Georgia. And she was actually the first woman to receive a gold medal in the Olympics, African-American or woman, in the 1948 Games in London. In the high jump, she will be our Woman of the Month for April. Look her up. She did her college health athletics at Tuskegee Institute prior to going to the Olympics. A tremendous story. Look her up. I have a little more for you. Favor Ophili, an African-American sprinter, female from LSU. On March 10th this month, she set an African record in 200 meters. She had a record time of 22.11 seconds. They say that this time would make her the fourth fastest woman in indoor 200 meters in history. So congratulations to my sister from the country of Africa. All right. Jim and Marlo, I want you to chime in on this one. I bet you didn't think about this. We talk about legacies and winning. Bowie State University just set a CIAA record in bowling. They just won their eighth straight CIAA championship in bowling. What do you think about the sport? What do you think about the record, Jim? Then Marlo. Go ahead, Marlo. Um, wow. Bowling. Um, actually, that's a sport that I actually like. Um, of course, I, I'm not a good bowler, I would admit. Um, although one of my aunts, uh, when we were growing up, that was her thing, bowling. So that's how I was like really introduced to bowling. She was on a bowling league, and she would let us go with her. So, you know, I pretty much learned about the game from her. But shoot, that's amazing. Eight straight titles. Um, and from Bowie State, man, um, I wonder who, like, who was the competition? Like, what other schools, you know, because that's a sport that you don't really hear a lot you know, uh, about in terms of the different HBCUs that have um, the bowling teams. Um, definitely, we know that they're there, um, you know, so I was just curious to, you know, know who did they compete, you know, against. There but my other them, yeah, that's awesome. There are other bowling teams in the CIAA. Mm -hmm. And I know it's a major uh, competition in the SWAC conference. 
there are students on bowling scholarships. We never talk about it. We will. Mm-hmm. Jim, go ahead. I'll- Oh, I wanted to say, I think the only thing I can remember of that magnitude eight years in a row would be uh, UCLA's dominance in men's basketball in the 60s and the 70s. Yeah. But that's yeah. unheard of yeah. to win eight years in a row. That's two separate classes yes. of four years. Exactly. Hey, let's give him a clap. Yeah. There to go, boo. In fact, we'll give, we'll give Boo the... We'll give him the drum roll. How about that? <laughs> All righty. Great, great, great. Now, as we promised last week, we're going to give the all-conference teams for the women. Jim will do it for the men. In the MEAC, in the SWAC for basketball. So here we go. The first first team in the MEAC, Destiny Howell Howard, Janiah Henson of Morgan State, Shane Shepard of Morgan State, Camille Downs of Norfolk State, and Deja Francis of Norfolk State. That's your first team in the MEAC Conference. Now, um, they also had the Player of the Year, Destiny Howell Howard, and the Defensive Player of the Year, Camille Downs of Norfolk State, Coach of the Year, Larry Vickers of Norfolk State. I have some questions on this one, Jim and Marlo. Here we go again. Norfolk State won the MEAC tournament and went to the NCAA tournament. They don't have one player voted on the first team. What do you think? Here we go again. Marlo? Um, why is that? I guess that's the question. So they win the conference, but do not have a player that's on the all-conference team. Nor second team. I didn't name. I didn't name the second team, but they don't have one on the second team. Wow. Hmm. Jim. I'm sorry. I'm muted again. It must be a heck of a team effort to uh, win the conference, and fa- and I guess I think they faced uh, South Carolina in the first round. Yeah, they got knocked out by Don Staley. Yeah, Correct. but I guess they have a heck of a team effort to do that. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to the SWAC. First team: Ayana Ayana Emmanuel from Alabama State. Keelan Bowler, Jackson State, Deanna Rosenthal, Prairie View, Chanel Wilson, Bethune Cookman, and Jayla Crawford from Alabama State University. Tamika Reed, Jackson State, Coach of the Year, Player of the Year, Ayana Emanuel, Alabama State, and Defensive Player of the Year, Angel Jackson of Jackson State. Okay, the team that made it out and represented the SWAC in March Madness was Southern University. They don't have a player on the first or second all SWAC team. Here we go again, Marlo. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? Okay. 
<laughs> I don't like Jim. Hmm, okay. Something's going on. Well, next season. Who's voting? I, get, I guarantee you next season, Southern and Norfolk State will have some women on the preseason all-conference teams before that season starts. I mean, come on now. Come on now. Well, you know what, Cliff, and I'll just say this. I don't know. But I believe that uh, Southern was an upset win in the conference. Okay. So, you know, they and they vote on the conference teams before that. All right. So that's the only thing I can think of trying to give them out, but I don't know. <laughs> Comments in the chat box. Because we're looking for some solutions to this. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is the third conference now. All right. All righty. Well, let's give those ladies a hand, though. They all they, they deserve it. Definitely. Okay. Let's congratulate some teams. All of our HBCUs at the NIA, Division Two, and Division One levels in women's sports have are out of the national tournament tournaments. Okay. Now. That's the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference had the team that went the furthest. Tougaloo went to the Elite Eight in the NIA tournament before they were defeated. So, Coach Eric Struthers, congratulations on a great, great season. We're going to take this quick break, and then we're going to come right back, Jim, with the men's division. Pamela Renee, a qualifying broker, CEO, 2870 Peachtree Road, Suite 992, Atlanta, Georgia, 3305. Phone number 404-964-4294. If you are looking for properties residential, Commercial, land, builder, developer, or investor services, she could take care of you. That's from P. Renee and Associates, Pamela Ferguson, the CEO, y'all. <laughs> Welcome to Dr. Satcher. She's listening tonight. We have some others listening to the show. Jim, the men. Okay, I'll swack for Well, first thing I want to do is one thing we forgot was Fisk University won their first uh, gymnastics match on March 17th versus Greenville. I believe it was like 190 to 183. All right. Now, on to the swack. All swack first team Cam Christian of Grand State, Sean Doss Jr. Arkansas Pine Bluff, Dominic Bruton of Alcorn State, Will Douglas of Prairie View A&M, Terry Collins of Mississippi Valley State. Second team was Shondarius Coward, Grambling State, Jordan Carl Nicholas, Texas Southern, Zion Harmon, Bethune-Cookman, and Jeremiah Kendall, Alcorn State, and finally, Breon Whitney Lee of Southern. 
They had co-coach of the year is Landon Bussey of Alcorn State and Dante Jackson of Grambling State. Player of the year was Cameron Christian of Grambling. Defensive player of the year was Oisa Blase Akanobe of Alabama State. Newcomer of the year, Antonio Madlock, Alabama State. Zion Harmon was the freshman of the year from Bethune-Cookman. I believe Texas Southern was the upset winner in the uh, conference tourney. They lost in the uh, first four in. Now on to the MEAC. And the MEAC had first team Sam Sessions, Coppin State. Elijah Hawkins, Howard, Isaiah Burke, Morgan State, and Chris Bankston and Joe Bryant Jr. of Norfolk State. Second team, Nenda Tark of Coppin State, Steve Settle III of Howard, Nathaniel Pollard of Maryland Eastern Shore, Brendan Medley Bacon, of North Carolina Central, and Justin Wright of North Carolina Central also. Now, they had a third team, Martez Robinson, Delaware State, Jelani Williams, Howard, Zion Stiles, Maryland Eastern Shore, Eric Boone, and Chris Monroe of North Carolina Central. And North Carolina Central was upset by Howard which did have someone on the first, second, and third teams. Okay. And Nor and uh, Howard ended up playing Kansas. Mm. Now, they had all-rookie team, Jevin Muiz from Delaware State, Shy Odom of Howard, Rob Lawson of Morgan State, George Beal Jr. of Norfolk State, and Jordan Simpson of South Carolina State. Now, on to the next bit of information, which would be the March Madness updates. Mm -hmm. Cliff has told you that uh, Tougaloo lost in the quarterfinal, the, the round of eight. They had a nice run. They lost to the eventual champion, I believe College of Idaho. Now with the uh, Jim, D2... Which which conference were they like a part of? Do you know? Uh, Tougaloo? Yeah. Tougaloo's in the GCAC, Golf Coast Athletic Conference. And they were in the NIA. Okay, the NIA. Okay. Thank you. As we said last week, all of our D2 teams were eliminated. And in D1, like I said, Texas Southern was eliminated in the first round of four on, I believe, Tuesday. And Howard was defeated by Kansas. Now, key NBA storylines. You know, we... Oh, I forgot the GCAC. And I do have that here quick. GCAC first team, Cameron Copeland of Tougaloo. Maurice Harvey of Wiley. Devontae Craven of Rust. Tyon Thompson of Fisk. Keon Dooling of Dillard. And the second team would be Daryl Jones of Tougaloo, Cameron Woodall of Tougaloo, Trajan Felder of 
Tougaloo, Aaron Johnson of Philander Smith, and Raheem Carter of Dillard. And the all-tournament team there would be Michael Ashley of Fisk, Maurice Harvey of Wiley, Ravante Childs of Philander Smith, Daryl Jones of Tougaloo, and Cameron Copeland of Tougaloo. Now, the John ja Morant, which would be the next thing mm -hmm. that we have to talk about in the uh, NBA. His suspension ended. He is now conditioning himself to get back to basketball playing shape. He probably will play next week. He's not playing tonight. They have a game on Wednesday and Thursday. He may or may not play in those. But he's been working out, trying to get back into this environment. You know, he says he had a long interview with Jalen Rose. He says the gun was not his, but it was not carried on the team plane or in the team facility. And if you think about it, you know, most places you go, it's it's fairly easy to get a gun. So if he bought it just for that prop and that purpose, or somebody bought it for him, I could see that happening. But he takes full responsibility for his actions. I, I can see the image that I painted myself with my recent mistakes, he told ESPN. But in the future, I'm going to show everybody who Ja really is and what I'm about is to change this narrative that everybody got. This suspension cost him roughly 670000 in salary, possibly a chance to max out a five-year contract by making an all-NBA team, and also has to keep himself working from basketball. He underwent some counseling in Florida, and hopefully this is the start of a new and improved John Morant. In the NFL, well, in the NBA, we still have six to 12 teams are separated by roughly two and a half games in the Western Conference. The Lakers are ninth, so it's going to come down to the wire. They said LeBron is, the coach said that LeBron will be playing sometime before the season ends. In the NFL, where is Aaron Rodgers going to go? It looks like he's going to be with Cliff in New York. Yeah. Probably looking for some place to stay. <laughs> but right now, what is going on is the haggling between the Packers and the Jets over compensation. I'm sure the Packers want a first round pick, especially seeing what was given for the first round pick this year that Chicago got two first, two seconds, and a wide receiver for an unproven talent. Now, the Jets are haggling back that, well, when we got Brett Fire, we only gave a third and a fifth. So stay tuned there to see where this goes. Also quietly creeping up are the Detroit Lions by signing an, uh, the best free agent available at this point, C.J. Gardner Johnson from Florida, who's played in New Orleans and Philadelphia. They had a worse secondary in the NFL, 
and they've had three signings to bolster that. So that we'll see if they're going to be up and coming in the NFC Central. This pretty much oh, and the NBA the uh, MVP race is come down to the wire. There are about ten games left, and Jokic of Denver was the leader, but uh, he's being pushed strongly by Joel Embiid of Philadelphia and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is always there. So it's going to come down to the wire this year. And these three equally talented and equally deserving players. All right. I have a question. Thank you so much. Go ahead. Marlo. Um, w- w- where is uh, Mr. Ezekiel Elliott going? I don't know. Maybe he's had some eligibility to Ohio state, <laughs> but in all, in all seriousness, Someone will pick him up as a free agent. He won't get the money that he, you know, he was pr- promising his contract. But he he'll be somebody's somebody in somebody's rotation in the backfield. He still he still is a good back. He's not the uh, the high paid back that they sign. And Marlo, you know, most running backs once they get to that second contract, they're on decline. I mean, there's talk that the Titans are trying to trade or waive Derrick Henry. Mm. Wow! And I just I don't get that one, but I'm not a GM. But a lot of times they don't want even the um, when you put them on. Uh, I'm forgetting the name, but you know they um, Lamar Jackson is on exclusive or non-exclusive. Oh. oh. Even the exclusive contract for a running back is only ten million. Whereas if Lamar were to sign that as a quarterback, it would be fifty million. So there's wow. a big discrepancy there in terms of the monies that running backs get. And teams are tending to wear the running back out on their first contract. So when they get to the second contract, it'll be on somebody else. It's sad, but unfortunately that's what's happening. Wow. Wow. Thanks so much, Jim. All righty. We're going to go straight into. Randy Janelle Gibbons is an American former track and athlete who competed in the sprinting event. She set personal best of 11.06 seconds for the 100-meter dash and the 22.31 seconds for the 200-meter dash. Given for the 200-meter finalists in the 1984 Olympic Games and represented her country at the 1983 World Championship in Athletics. She was a 200-meter gold medalist at the 1983 Pan-American Games and returned to win a silver medal at the 1987 edition. Here's some of her records. 100 meter dash, again, 11.06 seconds, 1984. 200 meter dash, 22.31 seconds, 1983. National titles at the NCAA Women's Division I Outdoor Track and Field Championships. 100 meter dash, 1984. 200 meter dash, 1984. 4 by 100 meter dash, 1983 and 1984. 
four by four hundred meter mile relay, nineteen eighty three and nineteen eighty four, international competition, first place in Edmonton, Canada, Universiade, and World Championships Helsinki, Finland. She's finished in ninth and thirteenth respectively, the four by one hundred meter relay, two hundred meters, Pan American Games, Caracas, Venezuela. She finished first with 204 by 100 meter relay with times of 23.14 and 43.2 seconds, respectively. 1984 Olympic Games, Los Angeles. She finished sixth place with 200 meters, 22.3 seconds. 1986 Goodwill Games in Moscow, Russia. She finished first four by 100 meter relay. And in 1987, the Pan American Games, Indianapolis. She finished second in 200 meters, 22.71 seconds. Now, Randy Gibbons was a legend at Florida State University as well. But not only did she get it done on the track and field, she got it done in the classroom. She holds a Bachelor's of Science in Sociology from Florida State University and an MBA in Organizational Management from National University. She's a practicing data analyst analyst, and she's competent, an Oracle SQL developer, data analytics, blockchain cryptocurrency, software application unit tests, project management, budget development and management. And then she's also an entrepreneur that's going to tell us about her company a little later on. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming Ms. Andy Gibbons, the Olympian. Hello, Randy. Randy, are you there? Yeah, speak up just a little bit there. A little bit. I have to scream in the mic. Okay. Hi, <laughs> now. and friends. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, I just want to, first of all, before we get started, I just want to commend you on what a wonderful job you guys are doing. Uh, your your um, platform is amazing. I've learned so much just from listening about the different sports. I'm not as um, knowledgeable about all the different, um, even collegiate uh, divisions, and I've learned a lot as well as a lot about the professional um, basketball and football. So thank you. And as well as uh, track and field, my own sport. So I just want well, to give you a shout out for that. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Randy. The pleasure is ours and the honor honor is ours. Um, first of all, Randy, we're going to talk about how does a young lady born in Louisiana grow up in New York? And tell us how you became this track and field legend before you got to Florida State. When did you, when did you realize you were that fast? You know, I can't drive a car that fast. My cars don't go that fast. So tell us how it happened. How did you know you were fast? Well, um, I started running when I was in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And um, I just was, it just was something fun. I, I ran in something that we had was a um, festival, annual festival um, event that we had around May. 
during that during the uh, in the neighborhood during that time, and I just wanted to do something for fun, and so I um, thought, well, maybe this is something that I would like doing. So um, when I was in uh, eighth grade, they decided to have a women's a girls track team. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with my mother, and I said, "Oh, you know, I think I've decided to go out for the for the team." And um, so I went out for the team and um, made the team. And and then as I stepped, continued to run, and as I um, improved, um, my coach at the time said, "Well, it's a possibility that you could make an Olympic team." And um, I thought, nah, I don't know. Uh, this is track and field is really hard. It's a lot of work, and it's a lot you have to go through just to kind of make it through the levels. And I just said, I don't know, but I'll I'll stick with it. And so I just stuck with it. And um, just to, to segue back to the um, the woman of the month that you guys are mm-hmm. celebrating, Wilma mm-hmm. Rudolph. I watched a uh, story about her life. I guess I probably was about um, about 12. And I was so inspired by her story and the struggles that she went through and what she accomplished that it just motivated me. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of reflected back on that. And when, once my coach planted the seed that I could actually make an Olympic team, um, I just said, okay, I'm going to go for it. And wow. became focused. And um, it really didn't dawn on me until um, 1980 when I actually qualified, but because the U.S. didn't send a team, but I mm. actually qualified for the trials. Then that's when I kind of knew, okay, I, I I might have a chance to make the team. And, and I, as I reflect back on it, um, I just think, Boy, how um, how I just took it for granted because I just I was you know in high school and I wanted to go to the prom and <laughs> kind of hang out you know with my friends and and I was like ah, I'll make the next one when's the next one 1984 I'll be ready I'll make the next one not really realizing that I could have gotten injured you know so many things could have happened within that you know four to eight years span and I just took it for granted but. Um, nonetheless, um, God was good and blessed me to be able to make not only the Olympic team, but um, you know, as you stated in the introduction, um, the Pan-African team and be able to become nationally ranked as well as world ranked. Okay. So you're coming out of high school. Yes. Let's go back a little bit. State champion? Yes. Okay. In New York? Yes. How many scholarships? Come after me. Oh, oh, it was like thousands. Yeah. Everywhere. See, I want our audience to understand something. Randy is very humble. But we on this show are not going to be humble on her behalf. Randy is a great athlete, okay? <laughs> okay, so, and we're very proud of you. Marlo, Marlo, come on and chime in. Yes. Okay. Hi, Randy. Welcome to the show. We're honored to have an Olympian on here. Just such an honor. Um, I have, I have a, uh, a couple of questions. One question, um, especially 
growing up in, um, you know, we're going through high school and running. Did you have any challenges from the guys? <laughs> or, or were they afraid of you because they knew you were probably going to outrun them? still was running against the boys uh, I, I was just um yeah I did get some uh, you know quite a bit of flack but then I got a lot of love too because um <laughs> I I would train with the boys a lot uh, in high school um and in um actually junior high as well so the early days I would train with them a whole lot so yeah it would be a little bit of that going back and forth kind of bantering a little bit um, and of course I would always, um, I was so competitive. I, I still am. I still have that spirit. So I would be like, well, let's just take it to get out of the park and let's to the track, the track. <laughs> <laughs> on, to, on the field. So that was not my attitude. <laughs> See, this is the truth we want to know. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Jim, open up, get a question. <laughs> Yes, I was wondering because, you know, track and field is an excellent sport to participate in college. How does the recruitment work of a track athlete? Well, for me, um, because of the fact that I had ran um, kind of national times and somewhat international times, although I wasn't aware of it at the time, um, they would essentially, um, they would just call, send letters, um, and they would go through the process of, you know, they would interview you, um, try to see if you were a good fit for their program. Of course, they look at your academics. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, I pretty much had more of a, uh, an advantage because there were so many of them, and so I could kind of pick. Um, which, which schools to go to. For me, um, I wanted to stay on the East Coast, um, so I pretty much looked for air, uh, schools that were in areas where it was warm. And at the time, Florida State was really trying to um, build their women's team, because at that time, I don't know if you guys were aware, they had Title IX, mm -hmm. and that was a big push for um, girls to be in sports especially on a collegiate level. So um, I came through during that time, and um, so it was a lot of um, a lot of support there, uh, and as as well as um, a lot of opportunity for potential. Because even if an athlete wasn't running um, exceptional times, but could this athlete be trained to become, um, you know, world class? And that's what we had at Florida State. We just had so much depth. Um, the reason why we were able to do well in the NCAA because um, the, the coach at the time, Gary Woodward, he believed in building depth. So he just didn't go after um, the um, uh, the top, the, the premier runners. He also went after you know the ones that were um, not in that where he could see the potential and develop this 
Mm-hmm. Randy, <clears throat> let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Coming up the pipeline again, I want to talk a little more now beyond track. <clears throat> Your academics as a young lady and be able to focus on that as well as um, track and field, both at the highest level in high school. Where did that discipline come from? Because clearly you could have went to college on an academic ride. So where does this combination come from? And how would you advise youngsters today? Uh, it is really all time management for me. Um, I had learned early on, basically from my parents and, and as well as from my teachers too, um, certain assignments had to be done by a certain time and you had to map that time out. Now, I'm a kind of learner that it takes me a while. I, I need to do like a lot of repetition. So I would um, kind of set out a map uh, knowing that, okay, I had an exam by X date, so therefore I need to allow myself to prepare for that. So I would always map out a schedule in starting. And I just carried that all the way through, um, even until today. Mm-hmm. Um, in working, I, you know, I, I still carry on that, uh, that, that same program. So I would recommend to young people uh, to kind of observe yourself and see what type of learner you are. There are some people that learn, like myself, by repetition and just by going over the material over and over and over again. There's others that learn by visual. They, it has to be a story for them. And as mm-hmm. long as they can get the story, then they pretty much have um, accomplished, uh, they have uh, conquered the material. Um, there's other people who learn by hearing it. You know, they would make a tape of it and just play it over and over and over again. So I think once you realize what type of learner you are, and then you just go with that, and then you set a schedule for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, just do time management. Okay. Now, at that age, eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, clearly math, algebra one, algebra two, geometry, calculus, you took to be so good now at data analytics. How do you, or how do we advise our young people and young ladies to go into the STEM subjects, Randy, early on? suggest to look for opportunities where you can apply the information. Mm-hmm. For me, um, growing up, you learn the principles, you learn the theory, you learn the, the practice of it. But it isn't really, un- for me, it wasn't really until later on, like in graduate school, that I learned how does this all apply. So I think um, nowadays we kind of see the application of uh, math and STEM subjects with the Internet primarily, even with social media. So I think um, if young people kind of can grasp on that and kind of look at why and look at how these things work, um, I think that that will just inspire them to be creative with those skills. Because today, the, the real advantage is being able to be a creative, where you can mm-hmm. learn these principles, you can learn the theories, and then apply them to create. And so um, that's what I would advise 
Now you get to Florida State, and the demands are greater, the practice demands are greater, and the academic demands are greater. What's your advice to make sure our young people who go to Division One schools, which is the highest demand of practice, highly navigated and still come out so well prepared academically for life, like you have been? just recommend the same the same thing that I did in high school which was time management mm-hmm. time is one of the most valuable entities that we have it's the most valuable thing one of the most valuable things that we have today and if you can manage it during that time um, it, for me it was getting on a schedule and I, I don't mean that you have to breathe eat sleep it all day long but if you set an hour to say an hour that this is my time to study then let that be your time to study a uh, practice from for us was very um for the, um, my teammates during at florida state was very um intensive and it was broken up so we had like to an hour for just the warm-up mm. warm-up was just an hour and then another time hour for us to actually go through to work out. And then during the fall, we would do a heavy, um, so it would be an hour for that as well. So um, so a lot of times, in my case, what I would do is study in the afternoons and then do a lot of sessions when, when I got home. And then in the mornings, when I wasn't in class or in between class, then I would review the, the material. Like I was stating earlier, for me, it was repetition. So as many times as I would go through the material and, and comprehend it, try to understand it, questions, write my questions down, get my questions answered, then just constantly going over it, even if I spent no more than 20 minutes at a time in between classes, I, I used that time to go through and do my repetition. Same thing can work for whether your 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 gift of run of, of learning is um, the is visual and audio. It's the same thing. You just I know of some athletes would make a recording of their lessons and they would listen to them as they were training, or listen to it as in between going to classes. So. Um, that was that's what I that's how I survived uh, and did it through. Great great advice, thank you. Our audience loves it. <laughs> Randy, I want to shift. Our audience loves you, Randy. Randy, I want to shift, and I'm gonna, I'm going to let Dr. Kemp jump in too. But I want to make sure we talk about. Your new business, its philosophy is so important. First, tell us how we can find you online and then tell us about this business. We want to talk about this the next 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. Um, I, um, my business um, kind of came out of um, what I've kind of noticed with a lot of entrepreneurs starting out. Um, it, in terms of us, and this is kind of ties back into um, Cliff. We talked about this, touched on this a little bit yesterday. 
Yeah. Um, and I want this is something else that I want to um, make aware to people. No matter where you are, no matter what you what you're doing in the sport, whether it's track and field, basketball, football, doesn't matter. Become known. Create a brand now. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is, whatever you love. If you love pink flowers, if you love um, green, whatever you love, you, you start creating a brand around that. You start to wear that color. You start, if you're posting on social media, you start to post little things about the pink flowers. Eventually, over time, you're going to become known. In, in this example, you're going to become known for the pink flowers. Everybody's going to know, oh, that's Sally, Sally Sue, the athlete. She, oh, she loves pink flowers. And before you know it, you have built an audience. Mm -hmm. Then by the time you graduate, you have an audience that you can start to build a business with. And so as, um, and that's a segue into my business in terms of creating a platform to attract customers, to connect with professionals in their industry, to build relationships, to form strategic partnerships by us collaborating with other businesses, entrepreneurs, business people, we can leverage our combined strengths and resources to, to achieve tremendous success. And that's the, that's kind of the key of it. And so, um, that is just one thing as athletes, you, you kind of have the, you kind of have the world's eyes and why you have the world's eyes. This is something that I wish that I had learned, um, that you start to cultivate what your brand is going to be. And you want to, if you, if you are thinking of becoming an entrepreneur, and I suggest that even if you have a job that you love, you're in a career that you love, it doesn't hurt to have a little side hustle of a business on the side of whatever it is that you love to do. Once you discover what your passion is, then you want to look at what problems can you solve within that passion. And basically, that's what my business is about. We want to give a platform on um, the makeabiz.online podcast, a platform for other entrepreneurs to come on and to um, pretty much tell the world about what it is they're doing, what problems are they solving, and how they are solving those problems, as well as staying up to date with industry trends, technological advancements, consumer preferences, identifying emerging opportunities, and engaging online. These are the key essentials especially for online business, um, these are key. And even, on, even in a brick and mortar, if you become known for something and you become, your product becomes known for solving that problem, and th that's the second thing. You want to build a, um, a brand around your company, around your industry, whatever it is, that your, your product and your service solves that problem. Wow. Now, one more time, Randy. Yes. Give us the site, makeabiz.com. Say it again. Yes, makeabiz.online. Okay. Dr. Kemp, I think, had a question. Marlo? Sure. Oh, I did. 
Um, I I wanted to see if you can touch on like how important was nutrition and your mental health, um, and your spiritual health um, was in your training um, as an athlete, um, and even how that training um, just applies to to you know your everyday working your business. Um, can you just touch on that, um, especially for the young student athletes? Sure. Um, I, um, I, I was like most athletes during that time. Um, we didn't know the things about nutrition. You know, that's pretty much um, known today. Um, and I, from my experience, I just ate everything, whatever. <laughs> what I ate, and when I was hungry, I just, you know, I threw down, so to speak. But um, nowadays. Um, with all of the, the knowledge and all of the new information about health, I wish I knew some of the things that I know today. Um, it would, would have helped me be able to train at a higher capacity. It would have helped me to be able to um, to kind of, um, it would gave me the support to be able to do the workouts as well as all of the studying, as well as the travel um, at the as well. Um, now, I later on, as as I progress, once I kind of gotten more like in, well, once after I graduated from graduate school, then I started kind of looking more into health. Um, I basically became <coughs> vegan vegetarian, um, so I eliminated, I started cutting back on meat. Um, and then I um, went to mostly a plant-based diet now. So I eat uh, fish primarily and fruits and vegetables. So I would recommend um, that the athletes today and anybody to, um, to start looking at your health. Um, I imagine now they, um, a lot of the teams have um, nutritionists that will work with the teams. We didn't have that when I was um, competing, but now I'm sure that some of the colleges have that. So working with uh, a nutritionist uh, to take better care of your health, because later on, after you retire, once you stop your career, you, you wanna be able to maintain your health. That's, that's one of the most valuable things that we can have is our health. Um, and so basically I just carried that on. I just pretty much stay with a, um, a plant-based diet. I try to um, drink cleaner water. Um, on the physical side, on the on the mental side, um, I I would say that having a uh, a group of friends, family that you can confide in, that you can kind of vent to, that you can kind of talk things out with. Um, I. Uh, we didn't have this so much. Um, even some of the teams have like um, therapists, like sports therapists that can even help you um, get over the anxiety um, of competing. Um, for me, once I started to get in an international group, um, the anxiety was, um, was something I had to contend with. But I learned to kind of do visualization. I learned to kind of um, feel more confident in my workouts that allowed me to kind of get over 
um, that angst a little bit. But I would suggest that um, talking with the coach and, and maybe they have these um, therapists, nutritionists on staff, and um, just work within, um, work with the sisters, uh, work within, okay. you know, whatever resources they have available. Okay. Jim, before I come to you with the next question, uh, Randy, I want you to talk about your podcast also that's coming up to promote the business. Okay. Um, well, like I stated earlier, um, we are going to um, have a podcast and we're going to invite various guests on. And the focus is going to be on how we can um, own, own a problem, how can we uh, brand our company to be solutions to those problems. And um, the third thing, which is also important, is that when you relate to your customer or your client, you want to relate to them as a guide. You want to come alongside them with your product to help them to be able to, uh, to get over the problems that they have, the problem that they have, the major problem that your product solves. You want to be able to come alongside them and to help them. So those are the things that we're going to focus on through our podcast. Um, pretty much just having that um, a form where we can share that information and that we can begin to develop that, that framework. Um, mm -hmm. You don't have to have this high competition like someone else is in your field and you, you begin to feel like, oh, I'm in competition with them. No, we can form collaborations where we can work together and that we would be able to focus on specific niches, but yet we can all come together and work together within the Definitely when you're ready to start the podcast, you're welcome back on here, of course, anytime. And, and we're going to market it for sure. Jim, question. Well, first of all, I want to wish uh, Miss Givens happy early birthday. Uh oh. Thank you. <laughs> Since I see this next week. And I, I know Cliff mentioned something about cryptocurrency. What's your take on that? Audience loves Randy. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, with crypto, um, I'm not really with the um, the actual market of crypto, um, but I am familiar with the technology behind it in terms of the um, blockchain. Um, I believe that um, as we the world has gone through several stages evolutions, if you will. Web 1 was dealing with decentralization in terms of like um, um, like um, personal home pages. Everybody had just a basic home page, like a basic website. Then Web 2, we began to see a decentralization of, of the communication with all of the social media platforms. Now we're just starting to enter into the decentralization of the infrastructure where we have blockchain, we have the internet of things, we have AI, we have virtual um, 
reality and augmented reality. And I just basically see Web3 as being a, a wonderful um, technology that we can use as entrepreneurs to better connect with our customers and our, and our clients uh, in, a different, in a different way, in a more meaningful way. And so I think that this technology will be able to, um, to allow us to be able to um, move into that direction. I also think that AI, and I know that um, there's a lot of fear around a AI uh, in some areas, um, but I do think that it can be used as a valuable tool that will allow us to be able to do our businesses more efficiently. And uh, it's just like anything else, um, like for example, with chat uh, GPT, you know, just getting, just it's right now it's, they have a free, version, just downloading it and just asking it questions because basically just querying. It's basically just asking questions you, and you just ask it the questions and then see what kind of feedback you get. Now the feedback that you get, you can't just take it and run with it. You have to also, you know, you have to do your, your fact checks on it and you have to check it, you know, make sure. But in terms of just getting used to, getting accustomed to just interacting with the technology, I think that that's a good way of, of doing it. Wow. Well, time has moved so quickly. One more time. So, Randy, give us that address to your company. I want to make sure, because this goes on about 12 platforms to oh, show. Okay. It's makeabiz.online. All right, everybody, you heard it. Let's share the show. And uh, we have some more coming in two weeks. Renee Spencer, Hall of Fame basketball player, community supporter, Fisk University. She's coming two weeks after that. We have the president of the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference coming on the show. And two weeks after that, we have Ms. Shanika Randall. The Tennessee Volunteers played for Pat says Head Summers 39 and 0 But today, everybody, happy birthday. Thank you so much. It's Randy Gibbons. And before we go, if you want some more, 48 hours from now, Mark Jones and Friends, 9, 10 a.m. WFDF. You got Jim, Mark, Reggie, Jack, and Sal. And then let me come on there sometime too. We have a great time. Again, Randy, thank you so much. Thank you. We'll see everybody in 168 hours from now. Thank, thank you. you so much. You have to come back. We have more questions. Absolutely. Absolutely come back. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody.